Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the third week of our series entitled Real Life Marriage. Come on, let's just give it up for the campuses right now. Excited. We're all joining together. You know, last weekend, uh, again, I just want to ask one more time, how many enjoyed Coach Tom Mullins? Was he powerful? Wasn't he great? Great preacher, great leader, great pastor. He was a football coach for 20 years, actually 15, and that's why uh, so many people know him as Coach Tom Mullins. He was a high school and a college coach. He's been a real spiritual dad to me, and so I'm glad you guys got to enjoy him. If you've not been here uh, the last couple of weeks, we're in a series. It's a five-part series. And we're talking about real life marriage. Two weeks ago, I began. Again, if you, if you miss any of these, you can go online, download uh, the podcast. You can uh, watch the video message online. Of course, you can pick up a free CD. I talked about God's original intention and design for marriage. We are currently living in a society that is rapidly shifting. There's change, there's, it's changing on a daily basis, but I'm grateful that we can build our lives committed to something that doesn't change, the timeless wisdom of the Word of God, that we can build our lives, we can build our homes, we can build our future on that. Now, on Mother's Day, my wife and I are going to be teaching together. We're going to be talking about conflict resolution, and uh, you don't want to miss that. It's going to be fun, all right? Next week, I want to make one little highlight about next week. Next week, I'm going to be talking about, never done this on a weekend, I'm going to be talking about sex from God's perspective, from the scripture. It'll be tasteful. I'm not going to cross the boundaries. I, I understand where my parameters are. I don't like shock value for the sake of shock value, but I do believe it's important that we go to a world, we go to the word of God because the world is clueless about what sex is from God's perspective. And I want to say this, if you have a sixth grader and up, they need to be in here. Don't think that they're not getting it from the world. Let them get it from the Bible. Let's, let's get it from God's perspective. Today, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about real life singleness. What does the Bible have to say about singleness? I want to talk to you about singleness from God's perspective. Speaking of singleness, I did find some funny comments and tweets. Tweets are, are little Twitter bulls, things that people put on social media. And uh, this week I found some real, listen, some real tweets, some comments that singles made about the life of being single, all right? Remember, these are not from me, all right? I just thought I'd share that. Oh, being single, yeah. Let me tell you, single and dating relationships, it's really just 90% of figuring out where you're going to go eat. That's what they said. That's, that's one of them. Here's another one. It gets better, all right? Relationships, this is funny. Relationships are mostly you apologizing for saying something hilarious. Come on now, guys. Oh, I didn't mean to say that, but this is the best. All right, this, this is hysterical. Recipes, <laughs> recipes are, li are like online dating websites. They never end up quite looking like the picture. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I didn't say that. All right. Don't judge me. All right. These are some things that you guys said. All right. No, I'm just joking. Some of you may not be aware of this, but I served as a, a singles pastor uh, in my 20s. Matter of fact, uh, I, I, I was born again. I came to Christ my freshman year at Tulane. I was two months before I turned 19 years old. So I was 18 years old. And I got married uh, 26 and a half. Now, that's important, all right? And so as a single adult through college, four years, Bible college, two years, all right? And then another three years outside of that, working and professional, teaching, preaching, doing ministry, uh, for eight and a half years, I was a single adult, all right? 
And I understand the challenges. I, I really do. Now, it's not as long as some of you guys. Some were married a little bit later, or some of you are still single. The fact is, there's some of you that are single here, some of you that are single again, some of you that are widowed. And every year when I do a family series, there's something that hits you in the gut. You think, oh my gosh. He's going to talk about what? He's going to talk about marriage. And it's a reminder, A, to some of you of what you don't have or B, what you did have, but something happened and you no longer have it. It's painful. I'm very sensitive to that. I understand that as a pastor. So I'm not, I've never walked in anybody's shoes totally, but, but I, do understand a little, I do understand a little bit about what it is to be a, a single adult. I, I understand that. And there's great joys, but there's also great challenges. Matter of fact, here's what I know, walking with Christ, in every season of your life, there's challenges and there's times of blessing in every, single, every season of your life. There's a problem, though. The problem is that culture tells single people things. And, and here's one of the lies that they tell. The, 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 the culture tells a single person, you aren't somebody until you're loved by somebody. So in other words, you're really a nobody until you are loved by somebody. Problem is that's not biblical. I mean, you know, we are somebodies because we're loved by God, whether or not any other human person loves us. But if you buy into that concept, number one, you'll put your life on pause. And, and you, you'll say, you know, I'm somehow, watch this, I'm somehow in a holding pattern. I'm kind of a half cookie. I, I, really, I really don't understand. You don't understand until you understand in the scripture, the Bible, listen, the Bible talks a lot about singleness. You're going to be amazed. I'm going to share some scriptures with you. Matter of fact, it can be one of the most fruitful, rewarding times and seasons in your whole life if you understand singleness from God's perspective. Fact is, if you don't understand it from God's perspective, you can, you can make some wrong choices. And you can go settle for less than God's best. Now, let me just say this. Uh, if you're married in here, you feel like, well, you know, don't you dare go home and tell your spouse, pastor said you weren't God's best. Don't you say that. Once you said I do, you did. Don't you dare say that. The fact is the scripture talks a lot about being single. It talks a lot. And I understand the pressure. You're single, you know, you're 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 30, whatever. You know, people are like, you know, when are you going to almost to suggest Almost to suggest there's, there's something wrong with you. There, there's something, and that's not according to God's design. That's not God's heart. That's not God's, that's not God's design for your life. Reality is, is that singleness, the scriptures related to singleness are, are in the Bible. We, we have to understand from God's perspective. What is God's perspective of a single person? Remember this, Jesus was single, the apostle Paul was single, and they were not spiritual failures. Can I have a big amen? Now, there's going to be three other times I'm going to tell you when I need it. They'll be strategic, and I'll prompt you beforehand, all right? <laughs> just think about that for a moment. Just think about Jesus and the apostle Paul. All right, if you have your notes at all the campuses, I'm going to ask you to take them out here at Little Creek. I want to talk to you about five biblical aspects that you need to know as single. Now, now some of you that are, that, that are married, uh, you know single people that you ought to give this message to. And number two, maybe you're older and you have children that are single, you ought to give that to them, all right? This is for everybody, and it really applies. All right, number one, Five biblical aspects to single one. Number one, the first thing that you need to know if you're single today, or if you know someone that you're, that's single, you are, <clears throat> you are complete in who? Say it, Christ. You are complete in Christ. Colossians 2, 8 to 10. And I just want to say this before I read this. No romantic relationship, no romantic relationship completes you. 
Christ completes you. Colossians 2, verse 8 and 10, beware, Paul's writing, he says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according, watch this, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in Christ. And you are, I love this, you are what, say it, complete in him. You're complete in Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who fulfills. He's the one who satisfies. Watch this. Both before you're married and after you're married, Christ is the one that fulfills. Christ is the one that completes. Now, pastor, what about, I, I thought something happens in marriage where, where you're completed. Time out. Your marriage complements you, but Christ completes you. Let me say that again. Your marriage compliment you. Your spouse compliments you, but Christ is the one who completes you. You know, people, I've talked to people over, over the years and they've said stuff like this. You know, I'm struggling with my, you know, sexuality. I'm struggling. You know, I just want to, you know, I'm just burning. And, and if I get married, if I get married, somehow it's going to take care of that. Can I tell you something? Getting married doesn't fix your lust problem. It doesn't fix it at all. As a matter of fact, it actually brings it to a whole nother level. I'm telling you, it doesn't fix. Remember, lust is all about you wanting. Love is all about you giving. So, so going to, getting married does not solve, you know, I've got all these desires and all these things and urges, and so I just need to get married. No, 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 no. You've got to deal with lust, and you've got to deal with loneliness. Loneliness, the universal human problem, loneliness. We all have emotional needs. You have emotional needs. I have emotional needs. And so how do, we, how do we deal with that? See, you have legitimate needs. But God has a plan and God has a purpose for us to get our legitimate needs met legitimately, not illegitimately. I've been spending a lot of time in the book of Genesis. I think it's important, particularly in our culture, that's becoming very, very um, biblically illiterate. I'm trying to take you back to the origins, back to the foundation. So many messages, back to how God designed this thing, back to how God set this whole thing up. In Genesis chapter 3, we're talking about you are completing Christ. What happens is, watch this, the enemy always wants to suggest and entice you, watch this, to do something, don't forget this, to do something, to become something, to have something that God never promised. The enemy always tries to wrap, watch this, a vice with a virtue. He tries to lie to you to disguise it with a promise. If you buy into it, it leaves you empty. Genesis chapter three, verse one to six. Woo, pastor, this is kind of heavy. Check this out. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, the enemy's attack, don't forget this, the enemy's attack in your life personally, the enemy's attack, the enemy always attacks this. Here it is. Has God really said? Does God really promise? Is the Bible really true? Is there really? The enemy is after undermining in your life and in our culture the authority of Scripture. Don't ever forget that. And it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. Hath God really said, did he really say, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? I mean, God really say that? Verse two, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Watch the enemy. Then the serpent said to the woman, 
you will not surely die. By the way, the enemy always suggests to us that there's no consequences to our sin. You're not going to die. Come on. God didn't really mean that. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Watch this, verse six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. And she also gave to her, her husband and he ate. Wow, isn't this interesting? The reality is, is that the enemy's number one bag of tricks is temptation. The enemy tries to always entice us with a lie that's disguised as a promise. Let me explain. If you eat of this fruit, don't miss this. If you eat of this fruit, you'll be like God. If you have this relationship as a single person, albeit a sexual relationship, watch this, watch this. You will be fulfilled. Even though the scripture is clear that that will not fulfill you, Christ fulfill you, and living the way that Christ intended will fulfill you. But the enemy never tells you the outcomes. He only tells you a false promise. Ah, come on. It's going to satisfy you. God didn't really mean that. And after all, I mean, this book was written a long time ago, and it, it's really not true. Do you remember Satan in the wilderness with Jesus? He tried to tempt him over and over. One of the greatest temptations for any single person is to try to meet legitimate intimacy needs through sexual activity outside the bounds of marriage. And yet God designed it for a certain way. God designed this whole thing. Let me answer a couple questions that some single people ask. Doesn't the Bible say, though, Pastor, that I am completed as one flesh by my spouse? The Scripture does say that you become one flesh with your spouse. Listen to me closely. But God does not take a half person joined with a half person to make a whole person. God takes a whole person with another whole person to make one flesh. I did some mathematics for you guys. Can y'all pull up those diagrams? I think, okay, one times one equals what? Say it, one. So God takes a whole single with another whole single and puts them together and makes one flesh. All right, now watch this. Pull up the next one. God does not take a half person and a half person to try to make a whole person, you end up with a quarter person. Are you with me? Let me go another level. Well, you know, pastor, I'm dating somebody that's unsaved, but I'm kind of like a missionary dating person. No, 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 no. God doesn't take a saved person dating an unsaved half person. You end up with a half marriage. That's good preaching, Pastor. That's good preaching. <laughs> Let's talk about missionary dating. What do we believe? Well, the Bible talks about it. What do I mean by missionary dating? You know, missionary, they go to Africa. A missionary dating is you're, you're, you're dating an unbeliever thinking that you're going to convert them. Thinking, And the Bible talks about, no, 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 that's, 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 that's not good. It's not good at all. God is calling you to be complete in Christ, and you date someone who's complete in Christ, and you become one flesh. It's very, very powerful. Let me answer another thing. Pastor, what do I do if my, uh, my boyfriend or my girlfriend is pressuring me into having sex? I feel like they're going to leave me, and, and they're not going to want me. Um, let them go. Listen to me very closely. Who should I date, Pastor? Always date somebody that loves God more than they love you because if they love you more than they love God, they'll go love somebody else. <laughs> believers date believers. 
one, flat, one person whole dates another whole person and they become one flesh in the eyes of God. I'm answering some questions. I've got a lot of single people in the church that have asked me questions over the years. Here's another one. Pastor, how persistent should my search be to find my spouse? I mean, what level should I go to? Pastor, my name's on every dating service in America. I'm not exactly, what should I do? Does the Bible have anything to say about the search? What about the search? Believe it or not, the Bible has something to say about the search. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 18. Watch this. He who finds a wife, and you can flip this around, he who finds a husband, ladies, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. He who finds a wife. The Hebrew word here for finds a wife is to stumble upon. Isn't that interesting? So in other words, you're fulfilling your destiny, you're loving God, you're growing in God, you're doing what God's called you to do, and you're developing yourself, you're serving people, and, and one day you look up and you stumble upon. I'm not against dating service, I'm not against all things, but I am saying this, you better be the person before trying to find the person. Be the person that God created you. Put your energy on you being the best you in God you can be, and you'll be amazed what pops up around you. Wow. It's good preaching, Pastor. It's, it's, it's good preaching in church. I remember I went to a school called Christ for the Nations that was renamed Brides for the Nations because people would come there to get married. You know, it's Bible school, you know, and they'd, you know, they'd be worshiping, you know, and the girls, you know, and, the, and they'd be throwing their numbers to people, you know, and I'm saying, <laughs> you know, some that were real desperate, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they're going to make this thing happen, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever I gotta do, you know, just gotta make it available. You know what I'm saying? God is calling you as a single person to be complete in Christ and to be the best you that you can be so that God can listen, so that you will stumble upon another person that's doing the same. Number two, God's ultimate will for you is to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. God's concerned about every area of your life, sir. He's concerned about every area of your life, man. He is. He loves you, and he cares about you. But God's greatest desire, God's ultimate intention, watch this, God's ultimate intention is for our character to grow in likeness. Romans 8, 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God is the one who uses any season and every season that we're in to mature us, to perfect our character, soul maturation, to grow us. And let me tell you something, whether you're single or whether you're married, God wants to grow you. But if you despise the season that you're in, some people that are married, they despise the fact that they're married. Some people that are single, listen, you, you, you miss out on God's ultimate intention. Remember this, God is growing you on the inside. And God is using that person close to you or God is using the lack of a person close to you. Are y'all with me? To develop you and to grow you. Remember this, life is not so much about what you accomplish, it's about what you become in the process. And you have to understand that. You have to understand the perspective. Now the good news is, is that in Christ, you find a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And his name is Jesus. Remember, Jesus was single, he understands. Paul the apostle was single. Paul understood what it was like to be a singer. He understood, 
And God wants to use this single, this season of singleness, watch this, to draw you closer to Christ, to, to, to capitalize and to utilize it where, where Christ can build his character in you. I talked to a lady one time, she goes, Pastor, I'm not going to any more weddings of any more friends that I'm not wearing a white dress. And I understand it's painful. I understand. I mean, I don't fully understand, but I can, I can understand what she's saying. It is. But the moment we lose sight of what God's doing in us, are y'all with me? You, you always have to, let's keep the lens clear. Let's make sure that we see clearly. What is Christ doing in me? What is Christ working in me? He's perfecting his character. He's maturing me. Remember, the only thing that you bring to heaven is your character. Life is more about what you become than what you achieve. All of us know people that have achieved, quote, great things in the eyes of man, but yet when you get around them, it's their character that's not good. Allow the season to be a season where God uses it to draw you closer to him. Number three, being single doesn't mean that you're rejected. Listen to me closely. Many single people look at their lives as a sign of rejected, whether it's caused by a divorce or a broken engagement, something didn't happen or a stigma. Oh, I have this stigma. I have this social disease. Let's be clear. Okay, remember this. I'm Pastor Steve and I'm your friend. I'm everybody's friend. Listen to me very closely. The truth is, if you wanted to, you could be married, but you're choosing to not settle for second best. Just remember that. Anybody could really be, I mean, you really could. You really could. But you have to understand, the enemy wants to sing a song of hopelessness to you and to lie to you and to reject you. Oh, you, everybody's rejected you. No, 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 that's not true. Don't let a spirit of rejection minister to you. Jesus was rejected and he felt our pain so that so we, don't, we don't have to allow it. it. You can be rejected by a person but not allow a spirit of rejection to mark you and to mar you. There's a difference. Isaiah 53, look what it says about Christ. Jesus is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He understands. Draw close to Christ. He understands. But don't let a spirit of rejection, I'm just a loser. I'm just, no, so nobody likes me. Ever. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. You actually could be married if you really wanted to. But you know there's, you're, you're, you're waiting for God's best or, or it's not the season for your life. Let me give you another scripture. Ephesians chapter one, verse six. This is so powerful for a single person. I'm really trying to help you. You've got to understand this scripture. To the praise of the glory of his grace, Paul wrote, by which he has made us, what say it? Accepted in the beloved. We're accepted in Christ, but we're also accepted in the body of Christ. Well, pastor, what do I do as a single person? Make it your aim, make it your goal to do life with other believers. Make it your goal and Make it your aim to grow. And I remember when I got saved, I came out of the world. I mean, out of the world. And I'm in college and I'm just living like a heathen and just, man, and I, I get saved at this college Bible study and I give my heart to Christ. I'm like, man, what am I gonna do now? You know, I got, I got, I'm coming out of this lifestyle of all this crazy, you know, stuff with my friends. And now I'm, and now I'm, now I'm, now I'm, now I'm living this, 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 this totally, I'm living this Christian life. And, and thank God for Pastor Doug Arman. He was one of my, he was one of my Bible study leaders. That's what he was, my Bible study leader. I'm telling you, man, I'd be at nighttime, I'd be struggling, and I feel the pull of the world back on, you know, trying to pull, you know, and, 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 and just right when I'm getting ready to give in, Pastor Doug would call. He was Doug at the time. Hey, brother. I never got the brother thing, uh, you know what I'm saying? Still don't totally, in the sense of people that call that. But so I said, like, hey, brother, I was just praying for you. I was like, 
that's different. About what? I mean, why? I mean, what's going on? He goes, I was just wondering, you know, I'm just wondering if you wanted to go to Shoney's or Denny's, brother. <laughs> French Quarter, Shoney's. Uh, <laughs> God, God. Friends and all that stuff or rubber shrimp at the buffet at Shoney's. <laughs> Thank God, I had, thank God I had Pastor Doug in the body of Christ. It kept me out of a lot of sin, man. We laugh now. I wasn't laughing then. It was just God was, was using that relationship. And I'd just sit there and eat that buffet, you know, and chew that same piece of shrimp for 20 minutes, you know. So, this is awesome. I'm having fun, Brother Doug. What are we going to do next? I guess you'll figure it out when I swallow this one piece of shrimp. Then I... <laughs> this is cool. The only positive is I didn't have a cell phone, so I didn't know what I was missing, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't get messages on my beeper, you know. So. <laughs> you need friends, man. Don't isolate as a single person. Don't isolate. The devil lies to you. get weird when you isolate. Everybody gets weird. I'm telling you, when you isolate. What are you doing? I'm just being by myself. That's why we have small groups. That's why get around other Christian believers. You're accepted in the what? In the beloved. Don't let rejection. Well, what are you doing? I'm just isolating. Growing in Christ. I'm telling you, people, I'm telling you, people, I'm going to go on record as, as a pastor. You get weird when you stay by, you just isolate. I, I've had a person, this, I met this guy one time, you know, it is, he, he never hung around anybody. He was kind of weird. And, and you, you can even get weird. He, listen, he, all he would read is the book of Revelations. I'm only studying that book. He had this long hair. It's kind of stringy. Not real, and he was just a freak. He didn't even blink when I looked at him. Like, dude, you need a friend bad, man. I'm just, I'm serious. You're weird. I, I just got to tell you, you're weird. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm hoping I'm helping somebody. <laughs> Trying to pull you out of your cave. <laughs> you need friends, man. Well, if I go to a group, they're going to think, no, no, no. Remember, everybody's lied to by the devil all the time. So everybody's, you got to just pull those lies back like with a machete in the spirit. Just, that's not true. I'm going there. I'm going there because I'm sure there's a brother Doug or a sister Sue. <laughs> Number four, your singleness allows you a gift and a season for extraordinary service in the kingdom of God. Your singleness is a gift from God. Check this out. Your singleness is a gift from God. Somebody said last night, I don't have that gift, Pastor. I'm rebuking that. No, I'm just, just hang on. <laughs> I'm talking about wherever you are is a gift. Your friends are gifts. Your, your spouse. So, so it's a season from God, okay? Watch this. To be used greatly by God, unto God, and to other people. Is that in the Bible, Pastor? It's in the Bible. 
That concept is in the Bible. Paul, 1 Corinthians 7, 32 to 33. This is Paul. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please the wife. Now, if you read the whole context, Paul's not advocating getting rid of your wife, your husband. He's not. But what he's saying is, whatever season that you're in, maximize it. I'm telling you, when you're single, you have extraordinary time and opportunity to serve the Lord wholeheartedly in an undistracted fashion. You can go on mission trips. You can, do, you can do all kind of stuff. Do you know the word actually, listen, what it actually means without care literally means, you can look it up in the Greek, waiting on God. In other words, you're waiting on God for an assignment. You're doing what God's called you to do. You're being active. You're being involved. You're not wasting your single season. Singleness can be a wonderful time. Myself, Pastor Doug, Mike Kutchi, who's another pastor I started, we were all part of a singles ministry across the lake in our 20s. And I'm telling you, we got a lot done for the kingdom of God. Why? Because you can do it in an undistracted devotional sense, unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. It's a wonderful time. Go on mission trips, volunteer, care, do stuff, develop yourself in God, connect with other people. The fact of the matter is, you know what happens, and Paul's not saying don't seek, Paul's not saying marriage is bad, but you know what happens when you get married, right? You get married, now the Bible says appropriately you have to care about your, your spouse, and you have to prefer and think about them, and then you start having children. I know children are a gift from God. I have four children. Absolutely. But those of you that have children, the fact is just to get through the days a miracle from God. <laughs> I made it again. Oh God, we gotta do this tomorrow. <laughs> it's a season of extraordinary opportunity to serve God. Number five, use your, single, your season of singleness to discover and develop your purpose. Listen to me closely. You have a purpose from God. You have a why, all right? Remember the three universal questions, who am I? Why am I on this earth? Where am I going? That number two, why am I on this earth? Your purpose, listen to me closely, your purpose. As a single person, use that as an opportunity, that time to discover your purpose. Watch this, Psalms 139. This is such a powerful, I'm gonna do a series next year on discovering your destiny. This is so powerful. Watch what David said. For you form my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Woo, God knew us then, right? Are you with me? I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully what? Say it, made. I'm made by God. All your gifts, your talents, your abilities, God invested in you, interests and skills and gifts. God did all that. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Hang on, watch this. And my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Watch this next verse. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Whoa, whoa. God values life. And in your book, there's a book. And in your book, they were all written. What was written? The days fashioned for me when as yet there were, what? None of them. Okay, pastor, that's like a whole new concept now. Are you telling me that my destiny and my purpose in life is not my decision, it's my discovery? Yes. God designed you, sir. God designed you, ma'am. Watch this. With unique gifts, God designed your life to be a, watch this, a solution to some problem in the generation in which he puts you. 
And he put gifts and talents and abilities on the inside of you. Now listen to me closely. When you're a single person, you have, you have undistracted ability to be able to discover that purpose. Because I'm going to tell you, life becomes increasingly complex over time. I remember as a single man, I, I lived with the associate pastor. He and his wife, I rented an a, a apartment or upstairs apartment that they had. And, and um, of course, I'd gone to college and gone to Bible school. And there was and after college. And then, and then there was another three years as a single guy. I served in, the, uh, served in ministry with them, kind of just, just did whatever. And, and, and it was a season for me. And I was in, enrolled in seminary too. I was doing more schooling. But, but it was a season where I had an opportunity, don't miss this, to discover really my gifts and talents and abilities and what I was good at. And I could try things. Do you know what's so cool when you're single? You can try things because you can't mess up anybody else's life. That was profound, wasn't it? Did y'all feel that? You try things. But let me tell you, how many, you know, when you have a spouse, you know, ladies with a husband or, or, or vice versa, you know, have a, when you have a wife and, you got, and then you got kids, it's like, and you become reticent and hesitant. Why? Because now it's like you begin to do what's called scenario planning and you begin to think through, if this doesn't work, then this is going to happen. I've got to pay bills and I've got this. Are y'all with me or not? Does this make sense? See, when you're single, you've got an undistracted opportunity out there to discover your purpose in God. Try things. Try this. Try that. Try this. Do things. I believe this with all of my heart in conclusion. God wants to breathe his vision into your heart. God wants to breathe your dream as a single person. You're not in a holding pattern. You're not half a cookie. You're not half a person. You're a whole person, complete in Christ, with the divine destiny, with gifts and talents and ability, marked by God, called by God, effective by God, authorized by God, to make a big impact in the world in which God puts you. You've got to see yourself that way. You've got to see yourself that way. All right, let me give you these last couple things and I'll close. The last couple things. Well, pastor, what do I practically do as a single person? Let me give you four quick things. Number one, establish a pattern of daily connection with God. Right now as a single person, develop a habit of daily spending time with God as a single person. Trust me, it gets more difficult over time. You get married, now you have children. You get her. Okay, this is, I, please, you, no, you get her. She's crying. You get, and then you used to, you know, when you're single, you wake up, you read your Bible, coffee, three different coffees. It's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Ah, what shall I read now? I can't believe I'm doing all that. <laughs> but develop the habit of spending time with God before all those other responsibilities. I'm telling you, develop it now. Develop it now. Number two, let me tell you another thing you ought to do. Develop good life habits, physical exercise, financial stewardship. Learn to limit or get out of debt now. Are you with me? because you'll bring that into your marriage. Learn physical habits of health. and uh, Learn it now. Take, again, be the best you that you can be because guess what you're bringing into that marriage if it's God's will for you to get married and that's a desire of your heart. You're bringing you. 
had a person one time tell me, I've been through multiple, multiple marriages and there's just nobody good out there. And, this, and I say this respectfully and I say this very humbly and respectfully and I don't say this arrogantly at all to be mean-spirited at all, but there was one common denominator in that whole equation. And I don't mean to be mean. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mean mean. Be the best that you can be in God. Develop life habits right now, life patterns right now, financial healthy habits, physical healthy habits, devotional time healthy, serving all those things. Let me give you two more. Be accountable to godly people of the, of the same sex. Get men, we have men, 100 men's Bible studies, 100 ladies' Bible studies. Get in a Bible study. Make your life accountable. I had a guy one time, you know, I said, who are you accountable? I'm accountable. And he gave me the name of a girl. Oh, I bet you, you're really accountable there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you're really, single guy. Say, no, 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 get some other men. Bible says iron sharpens iron. Get some other men in your life to encourage you, to love you, to, to encourage and to, to pray with you. Are y'all with me or not? Don't, don't wait, you need that accountability. And by the way, when you get married, trust me, you're gonna need other men in your life. Ladies, when you get married, you're gonna need other, if that's God's will, if that's God's will. Let me give you this last one. Dream big dreams for God. Dream, set goals, dream big, stretch, grow as a person, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, financially, mentally, academically, go back to school, do it, grow as a person. But let me tell you, dream a big dream for God. Let God breathe in your heart. I'm telling you, something big for God. God brings that whole big dreamer and a whole big dreamer. Pastor, how did you, how did you and Jennifer meet? I was doing my stuff and doing what, and one day I looked up, listen to me, and she was right there. She was doing her thing too. The greatest people that you'll find are people that are busy about the work of the Lord, just like you. I'm not talking about full-time ministry. You can be a great architect, a great plumber, a great teacher, whatever, but you want to hook up and find somebody, and whatever hookups are not a good word in our culture today, but you want to connect with. <laughs> yeah. I almost said a minute ago, I want to undress this point. That's a wrong point, too, to say in this here. I'm just prepping for next week. All right, but anyway, listen to me. Be the best person you can be, and you'll be shocked who you attract in your life. Let's stand. Whew, I was working hard today. <laughs> Give that CD, tell, listen, and let me tell you something. If you're single in this church, we love you. Look at me. You're not a second-class citizen in Church of the King. No, no way. We love you. We if you're single again, we love you. You're awesome. You're a part of this church. Can we give it up for all the single people? I mean that. We love you guys. Let me pray for you. If everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, our altar's open. If anybody needs prayer, we have a team of men and women that have been trained to pray for you. If you do not know Christ, you do not have to leave here today without knowing Jesus, man, we, we're here for you. Right afterwards, you can just walk up here. We'd love to pray with you about any needs. Maybe you are single and you're just hurting in your soul. Say, so, Pastor, I just need somebody to pray with me. We're here for you. Jesus, we thank you. that You're teaching us what it means to be, to be the best us in God we can be. We are completing you. God, I pray for each one here, men and women, married and single. Oh God, teach us to love you with all of our hearts, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. And I pray a blessing, oh God, particularly on the single people today. This would be a season of growth, season of development. God, if it's in your will and in the heart that you've placed within them, Lord, to be married or married again, God, I, I think in your timing, 
the right person. May they make a decision today to be the right person, to be the right man, to be the right woman. Lord Jesus, we love you. I bless your people as I go forth this day in the wonderful name of Jesus. Everybody said, we give the Lord a hand clap. We do that.